Canada reopens its borders to U.S. citizens. What you need to know before traveling to the Great White North on board your business aircraft. From the National Business Aviation Association, this is Flight Plan. I'm Rob Finfrock with your trusted source for business aviation news. After nearly 18 months of being essentially locked down to anyone from outside the country, Canada reopened its borders Monday, August 9th to U.S. citizens who are vaccinated against COVID-19. But there are some new requirements that business aviation passengers and crew members must follow before heading northward. Here to tell us about these new procedures are Henry Duke LaDuke, Operations Manager at UAS International Trip Support and Chad Patnode, Flight Operations Manager at Pfizer. Duke, let's begin with you. What's now required to be able to fly into Canada? I think there's four main points that are going to be important for everybody to remember. The first point is that they need to reside in and uh, travel from the United States. So not only is it American citizens and permanent residents, but they have to also be traveling from the United States to be allowed across the border. The second point is that uh, they need to be able to provide proof that they've been fully vaccinated. So they've got to be double vaccinated, except for the ones who've taken the Johnson & Johnson single dose that is uh, approved as well. The third item is that they uh, need to be able to provide proof of a negative COVID-19 test. So that's a, a PCR test that has been done within 72 hours of the aircraft departing the U.S. And then uh, the fourth thing is that they've got to register with the Arrive Can app, which is downloadable, you know, either through the Google Store or uh, over there at, on uh, the Apple Store as well. And uh, that's going to be important. So that stuff needs to be registered inside the Arrive Can app at least 72 hours before the flight operates. Chad, what will these changes mean for your flight operation? You know, Canada used to be a pretty easy country to operate into. It didn't take a lot of planning on the part of dispatchers or the flight crew. Obviously, the, the normal customs and uh, camp pass procedures were pretty easy. But operating into Canada has become very difficult, obviously uh, even more difficult prior to the border opening up. You had to really prove your case on why you needed to go to Canada and customs officers were going to vet all of your paperwork. So it wasn't as seamless as it used to be, and understandably so. With the new opening procedures, from what I'm seeing, you can expect it to be uh, a little slower than in the good old days prior to COVID, but still faster than where it was during the throes of COVID-19. So the reason why I believe it's going to be slower is just because there are a lot of operations into these major Canadian airports before COVID where you wouldn't even see a customs officer. But now you're almost guaranteed to see one because of they'll need to check the Arrive Can app. They'll make sure that everyone has their vaccination records and not showing any symptoms. So they're obviously taking it very seriously as they should. You talked about flying into Canada over the past year, Chad, before the border was reopened. What was required to do that? You had to be either repatriating, you already had to be a citizen entering the country, you know, a Canadian citizen entering back into Canada, or you needed to be healthcare workers or anybody that is trying to help 
curb COVID-19 basically uh, is the only reason why you would be able to enter. And what is great is that this Arrive Can app that Duke alluded to, the first page on there outlines everything that you need to know about being allowed into Canada. In today's time, and if you're not vaccinated, it still tells you it, there's a very good checklist on are you exempt from the restriction of entering? Are you able to enter? And it has a really good, almost like a questionnaire for you to go through to see if you qualify to enter. Duke, are there any provisions in these new requirements for those who aren't vaccinated against COVID-19? Yes. Uh, so uh, the people who are not vaccinated are going to be the people that are between the ages of five and and 12 years old, but they will require the testing prior to arrival with a PCR test, but they need to be accompanied with people that have been double vaxxed and are negative PCR test as well. And one additional note uh, with the, the vaccination is that it has to have been done at least 14 days in advance of the, the flight operating. So it's not something you can do the day before you, you get there and still be able to travel there. And I'd imagine you need both the hard copies of those documents, as well as having that information uploaded to the Arrive Can app. That's correct. So the things that you're going to want to have on hand, in addition to the stuff that you need to do advance of the flight with the Arrive Can app, is you're going to want to have a hard copy of the proof of vaccination which is that uh, CDC vaccination card is acceptable. You're also going to want a hard copy of the negative PCR test results in hand. And then most importantly is going to be the written quarantine plan, which is going to be uh, something that they're going to be looking for. You will be able to register that through the ArriveCan app, but it's probably a very good best practice to go ahead and have a written copy of what that means. And primarily, the key things that they're looking for are a place to stay and the ability to be able to obtain food and other necessities while you're there without any contact. And that's in the event that they would subsequently test positive for COVID-19 once in the country. That's correct, because even though they've curtailed the requirement to be PCR tested on arrival, they also leave it open to random testing. So there will theoretically be random testing going on. We're not seeing a lot of it right now. And as busy as the customs officials will be, it might not likely happen, but it's something that could happen. And you just need to be prepared for that. But no quarantine requirements for passengers or crews as long as they meet these requirements, right, Duke? That's correct. We'll have more in just a moment. But first, this word from NBAA. NBAA Flight Plan listeners, are you ready for the convention? It's back. It's nearly sold out, and it's going to be a game-changing event. Join us by visiting nbaa.org slash 2021. We're back now with Duke LaDuke and Chad Patnode and our discussion about flying from the U.S. into Canada in the ongoing COVID-19 environment. Chad, you mentioned earlier that it was relatively simple to operate to Canada pre-COVID, but there were some strict guidelines required for entry. Give us a refresher on those requirements and circumstances in which people were not allowed into the country. 
Sure. So to travel into Canada, it, it's a little bit different than a, a normal international country that we would fly to. They have um, the Canadian Border Services has what's called CanPass. So either you're a member of CanPass or you're not. If you're a member of CanPass, that'll allow you to fly to almost any airport in Canada. And in most cases, you want to even lay eyes on a customs officer. And how they do that is you are forwarding your information to customs, either through fax or phone call, and you're almost pre-clearing. And you'll want to do that up to, I believe, 48 hours uh, prior to border crossing. And then upon arrival at the airport, if customs doesn't greet your aircraft, you would call that same can pass number, speak to an officer, and they can clear you right over the phone. If you are not a can pass member, that process is still fairly similar to can pass members. However, that's mainly for the larger airports in Canada. So as I mentioned, there have been plenty of times where we flew into a Canadian uh, airport of entry and never saw customs. Now, the quirk is if you don't fly to Canada often, knowing to do that, the crew members needing to call customs 48 hours prior. So relying on your international service provider or the handlers on the ground, they will keep you straight. So that, that is an oddity versus some other places. Now, you mentioned some difficulties entering Canada. If you've been charged even for a misdemeanor, chances are they will not allow you to enter Canada. There are certain ways around it, but unfortunately it's difficult to know if you will be granted entry into the country until you're at the border if you have, if you've been charged for a misdemeanor. So depending on the charge, if it's minor and it's been several years, they will probably allow you in. But just like operating in every single country in the world, it depends on the customs officer that meets you at the aircraft. So it's a little bit of a gamble. Now, one very, very important thing to remember, the charge that you could have faced, it's not about how major of an offense is that here in the U.S. They don't care about U.S. rules. It's how big would that offense be in Canada? So for example... In some instances, in, in some areas of our country, driving under the influence of alcohol is certainly a misdemeanor, but not terribly a huge offense. Whereas in Canada, they take it extremely seriously. So that would probably be grounds for turning you around and not allowing you into the country. So there are ways around that. You can apply for a temporary resident permit, they call it. So that's something you can apply for, and that will help you gain entry into Canada. Duke? One of the important things to remember about the CanPass program that Chad had alluded to, that program was set in place to be able to give trusted people access to different airports and give them a little bit more flexibility. But some of that stuff has been curtailed with COVID. Previous to August 9th, there was only four airports to be able to clear through, and they were not allowing other airports in. So right now, they've added five additional ones, which is uh, Halifax, Quebec City, Ottawa, Winnipeg, and Edmonton. So there's a total of nine right now. 
And so a lot of the ones like Yellowknife that used to be able to get in there as a CanPass member, until further notice, those have been kind of curtailed. And so they are not allowing people to go in through there. But I think the important steps to be able to get everything set up to be able to go into Canada is we talked about the, you know, within 72 hours of departure, the U.S. has provided the proof of double vaccination for all U.S. crew and packs. Within 72 hours of departure, would have the negative PCR test. Between two and 48 hours, we're going to want to make our call into CanPass and get that set up update customs with any deviations to the schedule or if any of the details of the trip, crew or passenger changes, all of that stuff needs to be updated with any changes. And then the quarantine requirement still in place for non-U.S. or U.S. unvaccinated people that are coming in. So Duke, what are some other factors that may affect passengers and crews flying into Canada? And what tips would you offer them to help navigate this process? So some of the potential gotchas are the potential to be randomly tested. So that's a a potential gotcha. As Chad had alluded to, people who have a felony on their record or DUIs, there's a potential to be rejected. And so there's a long mitigation process. So it can be something that could potentially block somebody from coming in. So you might want to check as early as you possibly can so that there's enough lead time to take other actions. One of the things that happens quite commonly, more commonly than you would think, is people bringing sidearms on board the aircraft. So do not do that. You know, do not show up without having any of that stuff announced in advance. There's a lot of people that go up there for for hunting, but it's going to be important to have all your paperwork in hand and to make sure that uh, customs have been notified well in advance so that they understand what's on board. I think the takeaway there would be don't surprise customs officials with anything. Chad? Yeah, no kidding. That's certainly true these days. So a lot of things we've learned so far. Number one, don't drag your feet in entering everything into the Arrive Can app. Even if you're not within the 72 hours of departure, open up the app, put in the information that you can because you can save it and continue on when you get your COVID test. If you're trying to mess around with it and right at the last minute, or for example, if you're en route, there's a very good chance that it's not going to work and, and customs will really give you a hard time. Another thing to remember is, okay, let's assume you make it into Canada. Everything's great. But now you you need to remember some of the rules around the country. For example, each province will have its own rules. Each city will have its own rules. So you will probably want to know ahead of time if there are any curfews in the city that you're visiting. Do you plan on driving from one province to another once you enter? There could be some challenges as far as even just travel from one province to another. Masking requirements, you name it. So what I would do, what I have done, is just go online and start Googling some curfew or other COVID restrictions for the place that you're visiting. Another thing to remember, you need a test to come back to the U.S. If you're flying back to the United States, the U.S. still requires within three days of your flight back 
that you need a COVID test to come back to the U.S. And um, a lot of people seem to forget that little nugget until it's too late. So don't forget that. A few other important factors to consider. The captain of the flight bears responsibility to provide the necessary information to CanPass about everyone on board. That includes citizenship and residency information and any currency on board that exceeds 10,000 Canadian dollars. Officials often will not accept calls from dispatchers with that information, which can make updating itineraries or arrival times a bit of a challenge. Also keep in mind that while cannabis is legal within Canada, transporting it on board an aircraft is not. These requirements also apply only to U.S. citizens flying into Canada. The country remains locked down at this time to other fully vaccinated foreign nationals with a tentative reopening date of September 7th. That's subject to change, as is the floated August 22nd date for the U.S. to open its borders to Canadian citizens once again. This remains a fluid situation, particularly in light of growing concerns over the Delta variant. Be sure to follow all the latest developments affecting business aviation travel across the U.S., into Canada, and around the world at nbaa.org coronavirus. And that's the latest from the National Business Aviation Association. Remember, you can subscribe to all Flight Plan episodes at Apple Podcasts and the App Store, wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including by asking Alexa or another connected device, or download them from nbaa.org. I'm Rob Finfrock. Thanks for listening, and be sure to join us next time for a new episode of Flight Plan. Flight Plan.